All right, well, happy Daddy's Day. I've uh, been Daddy for a little while now. I guess we've got Caleb's 16, Brennan's 14, and we've got some twins that are almost five. I, um, I feel like if I, if I look back over it, there's, there's a whole lot that I'm currently doing and have done that I regret I messed up on, you know? You just get that list of mistakes. And there's a few things that I feel like, I mean, I kind of did that all right, you know? And, uh, and one of those things, just uh, if you're a new daddy, this is just something to kind of kind of throw in your, uh, in your tool belt. You know, if before we had kiddos, there were activities that I did, and they were, you know, they were about me, you know, and it was about me having fun or, or even may, may, maybe even at best something that Terry and I could do together that we could have a good time. But uh, being a daddy means I'm trying to find activities that, that I can do that, you know, I can do together with the kids, and, and I'm having fun, and they're having fun, and, and the activity or the, the sport or whatever is providing this chance for us to be together. And maybe the best one that I've ever found is disc golf. Uh, I think I've talked before about it. I just, this is just a sport that, that I love. I had a buddy when I lived in Russellville who he had grown up around it in Georgia. He, uh, when they started to put those courses in and, in Russellville, he, he was the first one at the beginning kind of that rage. Uh, he took me out and taught me how. He's also a guy that's real particular, so like, like you couldn't just like, you don't walk across a, it's like all the etiquette that's in ball golf, he, he would bring it to the disc golf course, which if you know the disc golf culture, it's not necessarily there. So it was like this endless battle he was trying to fight to, to, for us to actually play it and treat it like, like ball golf, um, but, it, but it was very different. One thing is it, it cost a whole lot less, right? Um, you can have a kid out there, and, you know, it's, they're not going to get hit in the head with a, although, although uh, I did have one almost get hit with a disc. But anyway, but, but it didn't get hit in the head with a ball. Um, and, like, you can throw these discs, you know, and, and I might throw it further than them, but then they can throw, and we can walk to their disc and pick up and throw and walk to their disc and pick up. And, and so it was just something that from the time Caleb was little and then Brennan, it's just something that, that we did together, and it was a whole lot of fun. In fact, I've been out of the practice for a while, and now I'm like, man, i got to get these these twins out there, and we got to start playing again because I, I want to play. Um, Caleb played a whole lot. He actually, at one tournament, he, uh, he won a, uh, a backpack that held your disc, and uh, it held like, I don't know, like 30 discs. The backpack was bigger than he was, so we got some really funny pictures of him trying to walk around the course. Uh, Brennan actually made the decision to trust in Jesus on a disc golf course, so it's even holy, right? I mean, it's like, uh, when we lived overseas, the, the beautiful thing about the sport is you don't have to have those baskets. You can just pick a target, and we would just pick people because there were so many people. <laughs> there were so many people out in the out at the the park that we would just say, "Hey, the guy in the red shirt. All right, we'll just throw to him. That works." The people loved it. I promise. Even the guy that got hit liked it. He just like, "All right." Uh, so, uh, but the thing is, I I played a whole lot, but I never got that good at it. It's just one of those things that, like, I always watched everybody else, like, even guys that I would try to get started in it, they would just get better and better and better, and I would just kind of stay the same. And, um, and I think one of those issues is uh, the way that I saw the disc. Now, you've got to keep in mind that these discs, as opposed to ball golf, it's both your ball and your club, right? So if you hit a bad shot in ball golf, that, you know, all right, well, you look for a minute for the ball, and then you go, all right, that ball's gone. We'll go get another ball. i got plenty in my bag. But... When you throw your disc, you're throwing your club, and so if you lose it, you just lost your club. And there are discs, you know, they're shaped different ways for different things, and there are discs that you just, 
You're like, man, I like this one. Th- we get along. You know, I throw you, you go a long ways. I, for whatever reason, you, you work for me, and you're pretty. I kind of like the way that you look. But when you find that disc and you guys get along, uh, you want to keep it. And so the, uh, all routinely, I would be in those spots where I was like, oh, yeah, oh, man. Uh, no, I don't want to lose you. No, n- n- no, I don't want to lose you. So then I would move down my bag and pick my, my worst disc to throw, right? Because I don't care if I lose you. A lot of those courses down in Russellville, there's a lot of woods, or there's one that it's just almost all water. So I was like, well, I don't want to throw you. So I would routinely use my, my worst disc to save my, my good disc. Now, how dumb is that? How am I going to get any better? So I remember my day of enlightenment. I'm out playing at the course that has all the water holes, and there's this one. Luckily, it was the 18th hole. And uh, there was this, it's got this little turn, and water goes all the way to here. And the, the good guys would throw over the water and just put it up right up next to the basket. But I would always, you know, throw up and then, and then play over because, well, I, w- I didn't want to lose a disc, you know. I had I'd gone swimming enough. I didn't want to go swimming there. So, but this day, I was feeling it. I was on my game. Seemed, seemed like I was throwing further than normal. And I went to my bag, and I'm like, pull out that good disc. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So I throw it. Right in the water. I mean, way out in the water, too. Like, no way I was going to get that one. Back to my bag. Next one. Right in the water. Next one. I throw my whole bag of discs, all, every last one of them, and I went back to the truck with no disc left. Every one of them was in the same spot. I couldn't even throw it into a different spot. They all like, they hit the same wave every single time. Now, you know what? I, I lost a lot of discs that day and lost some pride. But the thing that I did realize is I'd been playing this game as if the point was to collect discs. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be a disc collector. I wasn't trying to have the prettiest disc. in the. I, I was trying to get better at this game. That was the point. But I was acting as if, you know, I existed to serve the disc instead of the disc existing to serve me. And I had, I had missed the point. Ever done that with anything in your world? There's a big picture point. There's a reason that we're doing this thing, and then we just we just miss it because we get bogged down in the details. You know, this is the world uh, that Jesus lived in when he when he came on the scene and was teaching. You know, he he went directly to the religious leaders, and you see these these you know these spats that they have where where Jesus just really kind of puts them in their place. And uh, it's one of the things that when I hear people talking about Jesus and they talk about him, like, I, don't, I don't know what the best word to use, maybe kind of like he's kind of dorky. That's not Jesus. I don't, if you've read the Gospels, like Jesus, I don't know a better way to say it than this, you know, radical, renegade, rebel rabbi comes on the scene. And the religious leaders are all saying this one thing and they're doing this one thing. And here this Jesus comes on the scene and he's, he's saying something that's radically, seems radically different. And in his first sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, he, he says to them, he says this, do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them. I've not come to destroy them. I've actually come to complete them. And this message that I'm bringing is, is a completion of all the things you know. Not a, I'm not coming to destroy it. 
I'm coming to complete it. And so you've got you to realize these, these guys in this Jewish tradition, they've, they've taken those commands like we talked about last week when we talked about the Sabbath being a, a command of Yahweh, a command of God. They've taken all those commands. You know, we talked about the ten, but they've taken all of those from, from, those, uh, from the Torah, and they, now there's 613 you know, they, they, they've got that list, and they know them, and they've got them memorized, and they know them really well and are really specific about what it means to follow them. And several of those commands are about this, this Sabbath, keep the, the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And so even within the Sabbath, there are 39, they're called the, the Melakot, that uh, these are 39 specific rules around what it looks like to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. One of those is you can't, you know, light a fire. So you can't, you're not supposed to turn on a light you know, on the Sabbath day. It makes it really difficult to cook. Uh, you know, uh, the Jewish culture today has tried to translate those things to what it looks like in, in our world. And so a lot of activity happens on Friday during the day to set up uh, Friday evening, Saturday, so that none of those things happen, so that we don't break any of these rules. And it's to this group that Jesus comes to and he says, hey, listen, I didn't come to destroy all that. It's not that I don't care about the Sabbath or that that rule doesn't matter. I've actually come to bring life to it. And then Jesus goes on and he picks a couple of those commands. We talked about this a few weeks ago, actually. He said, he said you know, you've heard it said, do not murder. But, but I tell you, you don't have anger. So you're talking about this action. I'm talking about your heart. You heard it said, don't commit adultery. But, but I say, don't, don't have lust. And so what Jesus is saying, he's, taking, he's saying the heart behind all of this the big picture rule, the big picture thing that we're headed towards, the goal, the objective, is God wants your heart. But it's so easy, maybe just humanity, maybe just the way that we're made, to, to put that into rules and regs. And if we can toe this line, then we feel good about ourselves. And we can do that and get so caught up in it that we miss, we miss the bigger picture. You know, I, I think that if there's any group of people on the planet that I have a really hard time loving, it's hall monitors. Anybody else have a problem with hall monitors? I'm sorry if you're by nature a hall monitor. I can still be your friend and we can get along, but I'm telling you there is a core thing that's different about us. <laughs> it just is. Uh, we, uh, my both boys have, have wrestled a little bit, and uh, in these wrestling tournaments, if you've ever been to one, like, I mean, these are my boys, and they're in their underwear, and they're out there fighting to the death, you know? And as a daddy, you want to support them, right? You want to you be as close as you can to the mat. And a lot of times, if you'll go, it's just fun if, you, if you've never been to one to go and watch the parents get in fights in the stands, you know? Uh, <laughs> but early on, I, I, man, it's just, I mean, <laughs> watching Terry video one of these matches is really funny because she's like, get up, you know, it's just, it's hard to just even stand still as a parent and watch it happen, and one of these, uh, one of these matches early on, Brennan was against this opponent, and, and they were evenly matched, and they were, they were, you know, it was, it was a close one, and, and you could tell he was, his whole heart was in it, and, and I'm his daddy, and I want to support him, and, and I mean, he, you know, there's some times he's in a headlock, and it looks like his head's about to explode, and, and I want to be there for him as soon as it's over, but parents are supposed to not get on the gym floor, so I don't get on the gym floor, but I stand just beside the gym floor. And one of the people that's put on the tournament, he comes over to me, 
And he says, you're not supposed to be here. And I said, well, I'm not on the gym floor. And he said, no, you're supposed to be in the stands. And I said, no, the rules, I'm not supposed to be on the gym floor. The gym floor is there, and I'm right here, and my son's, he, he's, in, he's wrestling right there. And I'm supporting him, he's right there. No, you're supposed to be in, well, listen, and I even said it. I said, dude, I appreciate your hall monitor spirit. but I'm going to support my son right now. You can go on. So he walked off kind of mad. Well, then the next bout that, uh, that Brendan had, I was right back there, and he came right back over, and he tried to tell me again to get in the stands, y'all. telling you, my fuse is long, but when it's over, it's over, and I, I'm just shy of making a fool of myself that day. But what, I think what it is about that is like, we're, we're missing the point here. I'm here to support my son. He's right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support him. I'm going to yell for him. I'm going to cheer him. When he comes off this mat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hug him. And you're trying to make it about this, this rule instead of that thing. And that really bothers me. But that's what we like to do to things. And I even tried to do it to, to the, this message this morning. As I was preparing for this, I, I went through and I, I wanted to, to really get into what did Jesus have to say about this idea of the Sabbath? And so I went through every one of those passages where Jesus deals with it. And most of them have to do with that Jesus did something on the Sabbath, and the religious leaders said, hey, you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. And he says, what, are you crazy? And most of them are, he heals somebody. He does something good. And they say, you can't do that. They even try to put people that are in need in front of him to try to get him to heal them so then they can get mad at him. And they're totally missing the point. Yes, this person's in need, and I have the power, and I heal him. Should I not do the good thing I'm supposed to do on the Sabbath day? Your understanding of the Sabbath is broken. You even, if your animal gets caught in a ditch on the Sabbath, you'll get him out. That's okay, but you're not going to let me heal this person with a, with, a, with a withered hand or this lady that can't stand up. Or, you know, you're not going to, I'm not supposed to do that. No, I, I'm going to do good on the Sabbath. So I started getting into all those stories and all the words, and I found myself way deep in the weeds. And then I realized, you know, there's one big thing that Jesus is trying to say here. And in one of these stories in particular, he really says it. So I'm going to do my best to, this morning, just really look at, at one of these instances. And uh, we're going to look at it both in Matthew and in Mark. And uh, so it happens in Matthew in chapter 12. And what's happening, Jesus is with his disciples, and they're walking through these grain fields, and they're hungry. And so they take some of the grain, and they, they crush it in their hand, and, and they're eating it. And the uh, religious leaders are like, hey, you can't do that. That's not lawful. You can't. And what they're really pointing to, it, it was okay for them to take the grain. It wasn't like that they were stealing. The problem was that they were on the Sabbath day, they were doing work. Because one of those rules is you can't thresh, you can't, you know, you can't harvest, you can't. And they were, they were doing the act of farming <laughs> by, by doing this. That's, that's how specific it was. And Jesus said to these guys, man, are y'all crazy? You're missing it. And then he went back and talked about passages that they knew well. He said, you know, David, King David, he, uh, he was on a mission of God, the, the man of God, and he, he ate the bread that was set aside and designated for the priest. And that was okay. And here I am, and he'll go on to say, I am... Uh, I, you know, this claim that I am God, so I, I'm, I'm not just a man of God, I, I am God, and these are my guys, and, and it's totally okay for us to do this on the Sabbath. And then he makes this statement, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Which then again, he's quoting back to Hosea chapter 6, 
And so he's saying to these guys, if, if you guys knew what this, mean, what this meant, this statement, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, which was huge smack talk to these religious leaders, because they knew that well, but he's saying you need to, maybe you need to think on this a little bit longer, that this is what God wants. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. And if you go to that place in Hosea chapter 6, the way it's worded there is, I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice. And then he even clarifies it, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. So here's God through the prophet saying, hey, all these burnt offerings and these sacrifices and these things that you do, that's, that's beautiful and that's awesome. And, that, you know, that's, that's a symbol of what you're saying that you, that you love me. But, but above all of that, a real knowledge and relationship of God is what this thing's about. You know, I think it may have been last week that I told you how bad I messed up on our anniversary because I didn't celebrate it on the day, which, you know, is still a discussion. But, but I, didn't, I, didn't do, I didn't do it just right. And, um, and, you know, I was thinking about this. With, with being a husband, with, with being a father, you know, there are a lot of books out there, and there's a lot of ways that you could say, hey, this is what it means to be a good husband. Th- this is what it means to be a good father. Here's the list of do's, and here's the list of don'ts, and I could wake up every day and, you know, try to, try to make the list, and when I got a good one, I'd check that thing. I love checking off lists, so it, it would actually be a lot of fun. Check off that list. Oh, I didn't do that one today. Check that one off. I didn't mess up there. Oh, I did this. I didn't do this. I did this. I didn't do this. My phone would be blowing up all the time with reminders. Oh, tell Terry you love her. I love you, sweetie. All right, check it off. All right, Tuck babies in and read them a story. All right, all right, and then check it off, you know. What is that? I could do every one of those things and horribly miss it, horribly miss it. Raise kids who know good and well that dad's just a robot. He didn't love us, you know. Have a wife that's like, who is this guy? I don't even know. And do all the things right because we all know that I can say I love you, but it doesn't mean I love you unless it's I I love you. There's, a, there's something in my eyes and in my heart that I didn't, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a task I was accomplishing. It was something that was, that was welling up within my heart. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Those, uh, those tasks are a, a picture. Uh, they guide us. They direct us. But the substance, the end goal is, is at the heart. Mark also tells this story about passing through the grain fields and this interaction with the religious leaders. And he also, he adds a statement that Jesus uh, made. He says, the Sabbath day, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's kind of what I was talking about with the disc. When I was saying, you know, like, uh, the disc were, were made for me, not, not me for the disc. This idea of Sabbath, you know, as we've been talking about it, and maybe you're trying to put on and I'm trying to put on, like, what, what would that feel like to, to really obey in this area of Sabbath? What would, that, what would that feel like? What would that be? Well, one thing for sure is that it's not that, that we exist to try to make the Sabbath day something. God has given us this incredible gift and blessing of a day of rest, and he's given it for our good and for this end goal of our relationship with him. And if we miss it, if it becomes about just this day and the specifics and the details of this day, 
then we'll roll along through life and maybe we'll have a day that we keep special, but we'll never actually experience the Sabbath day that God has called us to. It feels a bit like uh, if you live in a neighborhood who has a POA. Anybody have a POA in your neighborhood? We got a POA in our neighborhood, and it's hilarious at this point. Because this whole summer, as people are out walking around, and you're bumping into people in the neighborhood, and you're looking on the Facebook page, guess what everybody's talking about? I can't believe the POA's doing this. I can't believe the POA's doing that. You leave your trash can out. You know, 10 minutes after they come by and pick up trash cans, you are in violation. You let the grass grow, you know, a centimeter higher than it's supposed to. You are in violation, and somebody will let you know about it. And when you're out talking to everybody, that's what everybody's talking about. Can you believe this? Can you believe that? I mean, our boy Caleb almost got arrested because he didn't use the key fob at the clubhouse one day. That's bad, right? And the kind of the people that lead it are kind of like the Gestapo. You know, it feels like <laughs> they're the mob, they're running shop, and everybody just needs to toe the line, and the rebels, you know, the, the rebels that aren't towing the line for the mob, like, might end up with a horse head in their bed one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of feels that way. Uh, so, but what's the point of the POA? Well, everybody would agree. The, the point of the POA is incredible, right? The point of the POA is right. We want, we want our house value to stay up. We want it to be good. We want everybody, you know, we don't want anything weird to happen in the neighborhood. But life dancing around these rules isn't going to work. That's what Jesus says. Hey, listen, this, this Sabbath day, this gift of God has been given for a blessing to you, but don't, don't miss it. It's not that we serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath serves us. And, you know, I got to thinking, for, for us, you know, I don't see us all bouncing around with these uh, 39 rules and the 613 in some hurried mess to try to make sure that we, we meet the demands and the commands of, of the Old Testament. I don't see us doing that. But I do see me and, and us in the same way, getting bogged down in the details of life, wanting to do things right, wanting to honor God, and it's incredible that God has given us this day that he's commanded that we back up for a second, that we take a breath. Maybe we get to the 10,000-foot uh, view of life, reconnect with him and remember who he is and who we are so that all those other things that we do fall in the right context, you know? I don't know how long it's been since you've been to the zoo, but we, we took uh, our family to the zoo yesterday. And, and I remember, it, it's happened every time I've been to the zoo. You start walking around, and you see these animals, and they're just cool, man. You know, you got, you got spiky hair birds and these fish with these designs down the side of them. I, I, I noticed, like, these designs that the fashion world tries to, to meet this, and, and no offense... You know, well, whatever cool shirt you got on this morning or clothes you got or dress you got on, it pales in comparison to what I saw on a fish yesterday. You can't, you're not even close. Your, your car, the shape of your car, I noticed like some things like, like the, the way that a line on this one monkey was right along his back, and it was, just, it was just cool. Like that's where you should put a bin stripe on a Corvette, you know? It was like, man, that's right. And how much we've taken from all these things that God did, these awesome animals, one species, and there's all these different types there was this crazy monkey that was a 
Cameron lion face something, and he had a mane like a lion. He was a little bitty dude, but he had this huge mane, and I just couldn't stop staring at him because he was beautiful. And it was really cool to be with these, you know, twins that are almost five, and all of their excitement, and they're already... Jack loves wildcrats, so he's all about telling us all the details about these different animals and, and running from one to the other. Komodo dragon's his thing, man. So every time he'd look in at a lizard and go, not a Komodo dragon. <laughs> not a Komodo dragon. Darcy saw this owl, and uh, she said, that's a mermaid owl. And we said, well, mermaid owl? What do you mean a mermaid owl? And we kept on asking her. We couldn't figure out what she was talking about. Finally, we figured out on its chest it had this design that kind of looked like a bikini top. So she was calling the owl a mermaid owl. <laughs> Jack could not figure out those chimpanzees, what in the world was happening on their rear end. So finally he said, I think it's their brain, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it was a lot of fun, but I noticed myself getting caught up in how incredible this God is in his creation, you know? And most of my life, I'm just running, running, doing things, trying to do all the things that I'm supposed to get done and all the things. And that's the heart of this idea of Sabbath that God has given to us. Hey, man, you gotta, you gotta. And he's saying weekly, daily, but for sure a, a, a significant amount of time weekly. And you gotta climb the ladder and remember, I am God, creator God, and I am creative. Look at this. And I care about you. His command to remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, is, is for our good because our nature is to miss that and to forget that and to be distant in our relationship with him because it's become about us and our things instead of about him and our connection to him. And so honestly, I don't know, as we've been talking about Sabbath, man, I... I uh, for me, I want to get more and more and more and more specific. You know, this, this is the list. And the more and more I look at what the scriptures reveal about it, I can't get away from the, the push that, man, I, remembering means I, I got to stop. And I, I don't know what stopping looks like for you, and I don't, it's not the same. We all need to run to the zoo tomorrow. But what is that for you? You know, we come into this room on Sundays and they're going to play two more songs and we got a second here. We got a second here to breathe. Maybe you need to sing out loud. Maybe you need to breathe in deeply. Maybe you need to uh, take the Lord's Supper or pray at this cross in the, in the, in the back of the room. I don't know, but we need, we need to figure this out. Because otherwise, we're going to bounce along and a week's going to pass by, a month's going to pass by, a couple years is going to pass by. And then we're going to look at ourselves in the mirror one day and realize that we've gotten so caught up in the details of life and doing the things that we're supposed to do that we've missed our Creator God and our Heavenly Father who loves us deeply and wants to know us so much. So let me pray that He would rekindle that. Father, I'm, I'm asking You that this would be a time for this, uh, this community, for, uh, uh, for us, for our homes, for our lives, that we would uh, we would realize your wisdom, the blessing of this encouragement, this challenge, of this command, 
And uh, we just wouldn't just obey because you're supposed to obey, but that we would be willing to stop and recognize how incredible you are and seek to know you in a deeper way than we ever have before. To know your provision, to know your love, to know your presence with us, that we could let the, the smoke settle and the fog of life clear just long enough to get a glimpse of you and, and to spend some time with you. So, Father, do that in us and do it even in these next few minutes to your glory. Amen.